Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Up the Vibe. And today I'm joined by Felix Hyde. And today we're going to be discussing light language, chakras, the holographic field, and astral projection. Hi, Felix. How are you today? Hi, I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. And thank you for um, taking time to uh, talk on this uh, on this podcast. Uh, but first, before getting in, diving deep into all the various topics, um, I wanted to know a little bit more about your background and and how you've uh, got involved with um, everything. With healing. Okay. So um, I, obviously, I'm a holographic energetic structurer. So I work in the holographic fields. I have been doing healing for about four or five years now. Um, so really, when it kind of all started, um, I was going through quite a rough patch. I was coming um, through an addiction cycle and I had been using a lot of drugs for a long time. Um, I kind of, I was going through parts of psychosis and um, activation during this period. Now, when the body is um of imbalance the when the kundalini activates through us we go through more of an intense experience where um psychosis happens um as the body is releasing everything that needs to come up it just comes up and out and into your reality so the parts of the subconscious and the fragmentation will come out too um so during this period uh, i sat in stillness um, and really had to work through and observe a lot of this stuff. Um, and as I got sober, uh, I was finding parts of myself that were completely, completely out of balance. They were completely uh, overstimulated or understimulated. And I needed to come to a point of stillness and healing to rejuvenate. So I would always ask the question, basically what do I need to do I can't keep on living my living my life like this um I was going I was having like borderline personality disorder symptoms as well so this is like wow. the condensing of um programming and emotional backlog uh stored up in the body so you get triggered left right and center <laughs> so mm -hmm. I was like I literally cannot go on living this way and after I said that out loud, I was on my own in my, my old bedroom at my dad's house. About two weeks later, I went to Spain and I met this guy who introduced me to the work of Dolores Cannon. Mm -hmm. So many people have heard of her now. She's quite famous. Um, she's passed away now, a hypnotherapist. She um, pioneered the past life regression movement with her husband at the time. Um, and then she went on to write all of these fantastic stories and bring a lot of truth to the world. Um, so I found out about this and then went on to listen to them as I fall, fell asleep at night without consciously taking things in. But more and more as I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd hear this voice talking about the three waves of volunteers, about past lives, about all of this kind of stuff that I, I kind of knew about because um, from an early age, I'd always been quite, um, quite connected. Um, and I remember being in RE class when I was little, I think it was in like the second year two, and we were asked, where do babies come from? 
um, and everyone had to draw a picture. So I naturally drew something coming in from outer space um, and coming into the body. And then I got told off okay. um, because it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work. Um, so always having a kind of understanding of that from, a, from an early age, that kind of went away. And then as Dolores came into my life, all of these things started to snap and align. And then I'd understand. So as I understand this process of past lives and reincarnation um, and the healing through the subconscious, through the hypnosis, I then go on to ask myself, okay, so if I'm experiencing all of these things, how can I fix them? How can I resolve them? And the next person who came up on my YouTube was um, Geraldina Roscoe. And she is an incredible um, healer. She is a hybrid mother. Um, so she has been a part of the hybridization program um, with, uh, I think it was the Greys that came in for her and that would abduct her. So. I'm going to put a little news flash out there. We're all a part of the hybridization program one way or another. Once we start mm -hmm. digging, um, I am, you will be many, many people are, we've got so many unexplained experiences, um, that all of these things start coming online and you're able to see when, um, you start doing the healing work, this stuff will make itself known. Um, so anyway, I digress. So following yeah. her, I started to do her meditations, not knowing what I was doing, um, balancing programs, doing all the healing work. And I would, I did that for like three months. It was the 30 days of meditation thing. I did it three times. And the difference in myself after the third month, I had like no anxiety and I was coming from a lot, um, quite severe anxiety. Um, so seeing all of that change happen in such a short amount of time, I started to meditate myself and practice and experiment, kind of like uh, using myself as a guinea pig. And it really just kind of grew from there. So I went on and did like a Reiki attunement and that activated me further. So can I just... Um, just ask what what when this was in your timeline you said is this about five years ago right yeah right this is about five years ago now okay, yeah. so I'd come back from China an absolute mess and <laughs> <laughs> um and then kind of crash landed um <laughs> yeah crash landed that's for sure uh and leaving a trail of destruction behind me <laughs> <laughs> but you know um that was I think that was like 2017 maybe what's the year now 2022 it's five years ago isn't it yeah yeah so it's it was about 2017 that that happened um so yeah it all started to come from that point um things started to shift and things started to change um I would have a couple of Reiki sessions and then I went on to do my Reiki attunement myself after being sober for I think it was about a month I was so before and then I was like you know what I've done this I've come this far I can do this so I then progressed and just didn't stop um so from then oh let's try and think what happened then <laughs> mm -hmm. um I then found out about light language and I was so fascinated by it 
um, that I was asking, okay, I want to do this. Let's, okay. yeah. Let me do this. I want to do it. So um, during my meditations, I would find I would hear these tones, these uh, words that wouldn't really make any sense. Um, and then I would slowly start to speak it myself. So I would hear it coming in or I would feel it or maybe my tongue would be pulled. So I'd, I'd kind of know something was coming out. But I had a big um, blockage of trust at the time um, and belief in myself that I could do it. So I went to see a woman who um, was my healer for a while and her name is Kalina Malnar. She's an amazing healer. And uh, she kind of drew it out of me and got me to speak it more confidently. And since then, I'm, I find myself speaking it more so than I would do English, yeah. which is quite strange because it's like mm -hmm. uh, a language that it makes no sense to the conscious mind um, until you really sit there and listen to it and tap into the light language where it then expands into a cognitive message so you mm -hmm. can um, audibly understand it you can feel it in the heart and sometimes it may come with pictures it may come with um, feelings smells tastes um, and then it kind of just opens up through the body and you 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 resonate with it you understand yeah so it <laughs> wow you've uh, really told a, a long story about everything and really gone deep there and it's, thank you for that <laughs> yeah yeah no worries um in terms of the, the light language uh i've heard it a couple of times from other people and, and as you say it it doesn't really well it doesn't really make sense to me because uh like listening to german or, or, or russian but um you said that it's it's different for every person Yet mm -hmm. every person can kind of relate to each other's light language. Is that is that correct? That absolutely, yeah. So I may speak um, one type of light language. I speak maybe about seven or eight now, and another person may have one that may come in from like the mantis beings, which sounds like a little lots of clicking. Um, now that one, I may not be able to speak it, but I can still understand it when I sit there and listen to it. Okay, so, so is it a language in the sense that it's it's it existed before you, and you've picked it up, or is it something you've kind of drawn out of you? It's it's hard to. Okay, so it kind of activates through you. So once you start tuning into it, and it starts coming in and activating through the cells, um, that cellular memory will then start coming online, and you will be able to just speak it. It just starts okay. to come. Now, as you do that, it does take practice. It does take time for it to unfold, mm -hmm. but it is possible. Always is. Yeah. And you, and you said it's quite intuitive in terms of how it comes through. It sort of, sort of comes to you. Um, does it come to you in a way that's a bit subconscious at times you didn't expect, or do you have to kind of bring it out? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I will just find myself speaking it um sometimes i'll hear it coming in or my tongue will be pulled mm -hmm. um sometimes i can wake up in the middle of the night and i'm just speaking it so, <laughs> okay yeah so it's 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 
got a, a life of its own. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to give a demonstration? I don't know if you want to. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Well, that, thank you. And, and I know that uh, the people are listening to this, but they don't realize that it's just as much about the sounds you're making, but the hand movement as well. There's a lot of absolutely. Lot of that. Whereas when you're you're speaking to me now, you're 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 speaking and you're nodding, but your hands aren't doing as much. <laughs> is, <it laughs> no, is, no, no. It's there's it's, there's a quite um, there's another dimension to the language that exists. Um, I do feel that. Uh, well, English, but all languages, um, French, German, they're all limited in some respects. If I want to convey a message to you and I use my language or what I think is the right way, you might completely understand it, you know, understand it completely differently. And there's limitations there uh, mm. that are, and actually also I feel that language is an expression of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, the language uh, that we use to define things hasn't been isn't been some sort of haphazard mess of mm. words that have come in. There's actually been some consciousness to 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 those uh, language. Is that the same for light language? Do you think that um, is there a limitation to conveying a message in the same way, and mm. or do you feel like it, it provides more meaning, more messaging when you? Because you said it can, can conveys emotion, it conveys thought. I think I think it's so much more than our language that we speak already. Mm. It, it really is. It's so vast, and there's so much we don't understand about it as well. Yeah. So not only is it a vocal language, but as you said, it comes through my hands as well. Mm. Um, and when I move my hands around, I will get mudras and um, codes that will come through my palms. They also come through my eyes as well. <laughs> so it's very much, it's like a whole body expression, if that makes What's sense. A mudra? a mudra would be like when you connect your thumb to your finger and you've got your... Okay. It looks like the okay up. sign. The it does look like the okay sign, yeah. But oh. we also notice in um, religious uh, paintings mm -hmm. that of like Byzantine period previous, you'll notice that Yeshua or Jesus has his hands in the same mudras. Mm -hmm. So does Buddha as well. Yeah. So, and these are things, these are all charges to connect our, um, our different flows of energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So our hands will move into different sort of shapes um, to activate the certain energy centers and the certain channels to deliver the accurate message and the accurate flow of energy. Okay. to um present to you uh which may act as a healing a activation a direct message from source uh to your soul and um also helps activate your um cellular body as well into remembrance mm -hmm. as well so i mean like when we say we don't understand a lot about it and we don't really know how fast it goes i mean it does all of these things and more um so it's it's quite amazing and everyone can do it as well it's just with, a, with, can they do it without a teacher 
yeah absolutely I mean I started without a teacher and then I with my own um belief and trust in myself from <laughs> bad behavior uh in the past then I went to find someone to draw it out of me mm -hmm. so for some people they'll be able to just do it themselves okay. um now saying that I still managed to get myself to a point where I was able to say it to myself privately mm -hmm. not like in front of a crowd of people like I can do now so yeah it's just a case of practice and development and opening up asking for it to be um brought to the surface and, and at the beginning did you feel like it was more was it gibberish at the beginning then developed into a language <laughs> in, in a sense do, would you trust yourself did you know oh this is a light language or did you have mixed feelings um a little bit of mixed feelings um i did think i was saying that oh my god am i like saying i'm burning the toast or something like that but obviously <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's something we all need to learn to trust in it's the same thing when we receive vision it's the same thing when we receive audio um these kind of things they'll come in and we're like did i just make that up mm -hmm. and then when you get that thought you're like bam okay hold on no it's coming for a reason so i need to see something yeah. or i'm hearing something but is this my ego talking is this my my own thoughts and take a step back and observe it does it come in from which direction into your mind does it come in um from the core from the heart you know it's all of these things you can question or you can just experience it and take the message and see what it's like <laughs> yeah yeah so it's cool um then if you want to uh talk a bit more on the light language aspect but i wanted to sort of move on to the sort of the chakra system i think yeah yeah let's do um that. we were um discussing earlier about energy flow and um just wanted to expand on on that and with regard to kundalini you mentioned earlier and the energy system and chakras mm -hmm. so what's your understanding of the chakra system and I assume I have no idea, although I probably do have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the energy systems, the chakra system is basically like a quantum computer, an organic quantum computer for processing particular types of information. I've never heard that before. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so take the, um, let's take the root chakra as an example, as a monad as the, what's the word, <laughs> as the reference here. So with the root chakra, it's connected to the, um, the sacrum and this, the sacrum, is that up there or is that down there? Base to the base, the base of the spine at least. Yeah. And what we do, what, how we work with the, the root chakra, it basically connects us through the grounding. It works with, um our fears it works with our security and how comfortable we feel in our surroundings so when someone would come in like a man with a gun our bodies would seize up and freeze now because we're put under threat our chakra system our, our root chakra would then go through a fragmentation because it's processing this really, really dense energy coming through and getting trapped through it that it can't process. It gets blocked, it gets heavy and starts to break. 
So this can go down to like the most simple of like jump scares, even in movies, things like that. It's our bodies are so delicate. We don't even know. We think we're actually indestructible, but there's so much that goes into healing them afterwards <laughs> when we've actually realized that oh my god that was quite a painful experience um yeah so the man comes in with a gun terrifies us and then it will um bring that fear and engage it into the root chakra fragmenting that root chakra now this fear and the chakra system will the chakra system is intertwined with specific organs specific muscles um specific organs muscles and like glandular systems so and how do you visualize the chakra what does it does it so have a... when i look at the chakra system um it begins off as a disc on the front say and when i'm going into that disc i can then see mini chakras inside it so you've got one big one then you're going to have maybe like four maybe six maybe eight maybe nine um, depending on where and how deep you go into it. And then it kind of looks, imagine like um, a big disc and then a smaller tunnel that's connected to that. And then on the other side, another big disc. So it's like a tube. Okay, kind of like thing. a wormhole. <laughs> yeah, like a wormhole, because it is for processing that kind of um, mm-hmm. uh, energy kind of things, isn't it? So as the energy will come through, it will then intertwine through the fragmentation coming into the muscles, into the organs, the kidneys, where it would then store. And now after we've come out of that horrible experience with the man with the gun, mm-hmm. we're then left a bit shaky and we go off and do our own thing, have a gin, do whatever you want to do <laughs> to calm down and we forget about the experience. So later on in life when we may be a little bit older and we're able to kind of sit more comfortably these memories start to come back up and if they are too horrible to experience we shut them down because we lose we leave our bodies um during that horrible experience with the man with the gun and then when we relive the experience through the memory thing can happen again so we never actually properly process it Mm -hmm. right so really it's a case of coming back in and sitting with the feelings with the emotions in order to release now when this kind of release occurs it can be very very overwhelming and because of this heavy dense um, energy coming into the body it knocks all the color out of the chakra system so out of the specific chakras and actually they can be linked throughout as well Mm -hmm. so they start to become gray dull um and stagnant so in order to balance that we might need to bring in a ruby color and bring that into the into the root chakra for it to then begin to gain momentum to activate through the spin to to release to come back into a a healed sort of state now i'm going i'm i'm only sort of touching base on it because really it goes so much deeper um is this is this what you're talking about a very much a root chakra thing or does that come across all the chakras i think there's the seven is that right 
there, well, yeah. actually, there's like there's lots. Um, of seven <laughs> yeah. core ones, core ones through the body. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it can be just through. Um, it can be blockage through um, the one chakra, but really, um, when you look into it, they will then extend up into different chakras, into different organs, because when we experience something so traumatic, it's never just one emotion. It's usually three or four. And then you've got to look at it through that initial perspective. Then you're taking a look at it from a different perspective. So really, the, the trauma is always so um, multifaceted. So we have to kind of really be patient with it. And it could be at the time you're processing something for about two weeks, let's say, feel that it's all healed. Three months later, it's come back. And we're all thinking, oh my God, why is this here? I thought I healed this. Um, but it's the case that we need to look at it from a different angle, maybe from the angle of the person that did it to us to find that compassion to release it. Then we can see what's going on in his life or her life um, to really gain that sort of understanding and compassion. Then we might go around the cycle again and then see it from the Akashic point of view where it would be a contractual agreement that we have to clear in this life as a part of karma yeah um you know it, it goes what, what, on. Do, what do you how do you um, describe the akashic hmm. the akashic to me looks like um it always kind of presents as the lost libraries of alexandria <laughs> No, it's funny because I, I go in there and this place is always filled with sandstone and um, very, very long rows of libraries. And right in the middle of it, there is a golden desk. And on this desk, there's a blueprint. And it points you to all these different locations of where you need to go and retrieve certain parts of you or you might need to open up... Um, a book to receive some information or some transference so it's really um the way that i see it is like a big library kind of thing yeah are you confused <laughs> no no i'm just trying to think uh, whether you're thinking metaphorically or, <laughs> or literally but no, i think you're metaphorical <laughs> it is metaphorical but for me it's very literal as well so okay because i i when i go there i'm literally it's like i'm there okay so yeah so on on that um the akashic yeah um people describe it i've heard as a kind of a record of both the past and also as the future and it's yeah. a kind of a central store of all conscious experience was it was yeah. that the what you that's accurate yeah, yeah yeah absolutely something that we all have access to 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 allow us to make i guess take the right route in life or to make decisions yes um yeah yeah. Absolutely. So when I when I go there, I might need to go to a certain part of that to understand something. There may be codes that I need to take from um, one part of the galaxy into the now, um, or I might need to go through an old contract um, from a past to understand why I'm working through something with someone mm -hmm. in the present. But the thing is, with these contracts and these experiences, we don't actually have to experience them per se. It's more so because you can review the contracts and you can dissolve them okay. too. So, I mean, I feel like many people think we're very limited to having to play this kind of game, but in actuality, we don't. 
Okay. We can. This is the whole free will <laughs> discussion. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. So, um, when when we do that, it's we've got this choice to to go through this contract and experience it from pain and suffering, yeah. or we can change the change the narrative, change the paradigm, and rewrite that contract into something of understanding and compassion. Yes. Yeah. For some degree, there may be a bit of crap that you have to understand. But once you've changed that within the contract, your whole consciousness will shift in your understanding of how to experience it mm-hmm. and how to navigate the interaction. So, so, so your understanding of the contract side is that prior to our embodiment in this 3D vessel, we are given or um, we sign, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Uh, sign contracts with other beings who will be present and they will both act out either side of some aspect of the contract mm-hmm. to live and experience which for me when I think about that it kind of it allows me to I guess have some sympathy and compassion for a lot of the things you hear about which sound quite dark but in a way from a higher level consciousness you realize it's all part of the greater whole as in god's universe needs absolutely consciousness needs to live experiences from all sides and all angles and that that is the purpose of the universe we are here to live parts of parts of those contracts mm-hmm. and it, it's horrible some of the things some people do But if it's true, then it's they're they're serving the higher self as much as the person who's the victim. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So when we gain head round, (laughs) it is. But once you kind of get that understanding, it becomes a lot easier to to let things go. And yeah, it's not exonerate or giving um, kind of saying there's no. It's not saying it's okay to do it, but, you know, it's just having an understanding that you can then detach from that and release the judgment from yourself. So you're releasing the judgment that you're placing on the other person that really we shouldn't be doing so because they've got no idea what they're doing through the contractual, unless it's certain people in the world that we're talking about. We also don't know (laughs) contractually, we may, I I might have been a a really bad villain in a past life. I don't know. So we we can't (laughs) assume our own uh, roles that we played in, in in all our lives to Mm. pass judgment on other people's lives. It's, it's a complexity that in these, this small time window we call uh, (laughs) 3d Mm. life on this planet doesn't really give us the opportunity to quite understand, but Mm. um yeah it's quite very deep um i wanted to to move on to the sort of side of astral projection if you you don't mind and we were um talked about it earlier in terms of uh what it is and i've been listening to a couple of people recently who describe this this world that they come out of their body and suddenly they're they can see themselves asleep and then they move off Mm. i've i've not experienced that level of outer body experience right and i i'm sort of i'm trying to do the right things to try and get there um but tell me a bit about how you've what it what it feels like and and how you've got to the point where you can do that okay so for example when i am working through the holographic fields 
or through the earth grids. Um, I will go into a meditation, but I usually go quite deep, quite fast. So initially it can be a little bit uncomfortable because our minds are all over the place, our body's fidgety. But once we start to run the energy through the body, clear things out and start slowing and stilling the mind, it becomes a lot easier to settle in. Now it's just a case of bringing the consciousness down into the heart, but maintaining a focus in the, in the mind. So when we're being able to feel the weight of our shoulders being dragged down, our butts into the chair, or if you're lying down, I personally prefer to sit up um, because then I've, I've got more of a, um, more of a focus. Um, and as my third eye begins to open, I can then be pulled into that vision, pulled into the um, surroundings. And then I don't necessarily have full control of to where that I'm going because I usually get taken to certain places, to certain grids that I have to go and work on. Um, so for me, I always combine it with the healing work that I do to be able to maintain a more cleansed body. So I, I sort of go in. Sometimes when you go in uh, without doing a prep beforehand, it can feel real nasty <laughs> and you can feel more shaky. It's like having a very intense dream. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you do it with a cleansed body, it can bring you straight into bliss charged love. Mm -hmm. depending on where you're taken to that is <laughs> yeah. so yeah and then once the mind is open um you start to see your surroundings and then begin to acclimate into that so it's like you're stepping into a dream zone um but consciously okay does that make sense yeah. um i'm trying to think what does the visuals you get from that third eye experience does that um feel very different to the current your current experience now visually or is it or is it dreamlike um i mean there are many different ranges to it so in the beginning there was black there always is the primordial black so when we close our eyes we just see the black yeah. um i now see start well I've, since i was about 16 years old i've been able to see these white dots and stars everywhere so when you start tuning into these white dots and stars, they begin to open up into shapes and colors, and then you may get pulled through into those sort of things. So it's really, it's opening up into the source origin. So the source origin would be the light show, let's say. Um, so if that light show presents a cube, we can then zoom into that cube and then see it take a form, see it take a shape what does that cube then turn into? Oh, it turns into a building and then it builds from there. So you're developing rather than just jumping in. I mean, sometimes I jump in straight away and I'll be somewhere, but if, I, if I'm talking to somebody who's trying to develop their scope, um, then I would say, go down this route. So you, you're building on the shapes, you're trusting what you're seeing. It won't be anything like, your physical view at first but it will develop into something like that sometimes you'll just get cartoons sometimes that will develop into like you're in um 
a kind of glitter ball filled with all these different spectrums of blue light or pink light and really it kind of develops but every scene that presents there's always something that will take you in further so like i said with that cube the light the light show of the cube which then develops into the physical shape of the big building like the house i'm now seeing a door appear in there so we can open the door we can go inside now i'm seeing brown staircase going up a red rug on the floor now i'm going to go stand on the red rug and it's got like a gold trim around it now this golden trim has just started to um move in a scalar wave pattern up um reaching to the crown of my head and i'm seeing these white dots coming up around me so you know you see it's it will grow like that and that's really how you want to kind of develop yourself yeah okay and when you say about um out of body Mm -hmm. what what does that feel like does that actually feel like you're um existing out of the body or do you still feel like you're existing in the body but having visuals no to me it's like i'm literally out of the body so to the point where it feels like i'm getting up and walking around but things just don't feel the same as you do when you're walking around it's much more tangible on the outside of you if that makes sense so everything feels like something um even if you're not touching anything so it's it's quite a bizarre experience i have to say did you feel like there's a sort of a jolt as you come out of the body or is it is it quite smooth for me no not a jolt as i come out of the body but when i go back in yeah okay so when i come out of the body when you lull yourself into that state of stillness um it may be that you're so relaxed that you just see through a little disc in your mind that you're sat on the edge of the bed and you're looking at the radiator and you're like what's going on because it feels very weird at the time and quite disorienting uh disorientating yeah um and then gradually the more you relax the more you'll step out into that world and begin to experience more so when you say you can see your radiator do you you know that that is a that is you're looking at the radiator now and not a memory of the radiator yeah because i will be it will be like i'm sat on the edge of my bed okay there ready to get up and look out of the window now why would i just have that as a specific memory it would be memories tend to be more specific to a time or a place something that holds substance rather than something as mundane as looking at a radiator <laughs> sure but, uh, <laughs> but, but you know what your radiator looks like you know what your room looks like so you you're, you're yeah. processing a natural visual or is it So that would be the initiation of um, coming into a comfortable um, transition. So you're going from your bed into something that's comfortable so you won't get a big shock, which will then pull you back into your body and you'll start jolting and then coming back around, right? So some things you find in the astral can be quite... uh, I, I would say unpleasant, but I think now I'm I'm really used to it. So you can find some quite scary things there. Um, and when you're being trained to go into astral projection mode, 
you will really be kind of pulled into um, a place of comfort first before you start expanding beyond, I would say. Okay, and, and what sort of um, things do you think helped you get to that point? Was it um, like changes in diet, in meditation, um, all the energy work that you did earlier? I mean, if someone wanted to sort of experience the astral world, what, what would they be sort of the top, <laughs> top three things for them to do to themselves? Okay, so the first thing I'd say is to recognize that dream time is also astral, astral projection. When you get your head around that, it starts to slot into place. So when you dream at night, it's the soul going off and doing the other work that it has to do, um, whilst the physical body rests, and then it will come back in. So having that understanding is really useful. Um, second thing is meditate a lot. Um, if you can, go get some hypnosis, some regression work. That's always really good. Um What I would also say is start to recognize your states of mind as well. So when we drop into meditation, we go through uh, multiple different ranges and it's the same when you're awake. So when you're awake and your mind is so stimulated, it can be quite difficult to bring yourself back into a state of relaxation and calm. Um, so it's really kind of getting to know the depth of your mind and how to get yourself to the deepest point without falling asleep, really. Because you really, you're on the cusp of falling asleep when you do the astral projection work. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think your body's asleep, but the mind's awake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So then you're looking at the, the, um, the brain waves that's going to be coming into like delta um, to go deeper I mean you can go beyond and go to like theta mm -hmm. but that's more so like deep sleep so yeah. when you're sort of touching on like the delta wave that's when you it, you're more firmly into the vision so are there things that you've experienced in the astral that confirm to you that it isn't a dream in the sense of you've seen something and seen it next time and it's there you didn't yeah. know about it earlier mm, yeah okay so I'll take this morning as um, an example. I was in bed and I was meditating. Um, and I was taken to this temple where there was this man stood there. And this man was like, um, it's like a salesman. And I was like, why is this, this man in my, in my temple? And he, he was quite pushy. I like he really wanted to get the sale. I don't know what the hell he was selling, but um, the more he progressed, he'd put his hand on my shoulder and it didn't feel right. So I'm telling him to get, my, get, get the hand off my shoulder. And as he takes his hand off, there's a black tar connecting his shoulder, his hand to my shoulder, um, which I noticed then as it was coming into my body, I could just feel it now crawling all over me as as i was seeing that coming in his face started to change now when you look at something in the astral you may get an initial presentation like we said about like the the, the cube 
which then transformed into a box, into a house. It's the same thing with these beings as well. So you may get an initial presentation that will come in that seems okay. Even though it looks scruffy, it doesn't feel right. Something's not quite right with this thing. You then look beyond it. And then as you look beyond it, it then starts to reveal its true self. And that thing had to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, it's these kind of things. I mean, really with the, the astral projection, as long as you've got your protection around you, um, your intentions. I, my, my team have never taken me somewhere that I wasn't ready for. So it's, again, it's a case of developing your ranges and developing yourself okay. um, as you'll go forward as kind of like a training. So you wouldn't be thrown in at the deep end if you couldn't like handle yourself there. So where, where have you been? Where have your team's taken you? So I've been to quite a few places. Um, some nice, some not so nice. Um, I was taken to the basement of Buckingham Palace. Um, that was about four weeks ago um maybe in beginning of december i was taken to um what's her name gloria vanderbilt's house um and she was known as like a, a mother of darkness from the uh, illuminati and what i saw there there was a platform um that had uh, an inverted cross on it that was being used as a manipulation tool to manipulate the platforms to ma uh, manipulate the the fields for negative intent so as i go there i then start seeing things coming through um which build towards the resurrection um of that crucifix bringing it back up to the to the right way up so these things will appear as like um symbols that have been inverted or um like manipulations of consciousness and also just rituals as well um so bringing bringing those lights in and uh i can't exactly remember what happened now because it was so long ago um basically the cross turned the right way up and the, the, the highest began to illuminate. So it started to gain his light back. Um, now this will then have a, an effect going through the rest of the, the world as well. So it's a case of kind of like flipping the switches from all of these negative charges back into a neutral or positive. Okay, to, so what you experienced was a, a reversal of some of that negative energy recently in the van, this Vanderbilt line, I've heard. Basically, name does yeah. ring a bell but it sounds like one of those these uh these so-called uh blood families these yeah families. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the one yeah so the, the Rothschilds or yeah yeah that's another place that i was taken to as well not long ago the rothschild mansion um in germany was, is it or I, well they've got so many i think well, this one so many, was yeah. i think this one was the one in germany there was a lot of um god it was quite intense experience because there they had um i don't want to say this on the <laughs> on the chat i'll tell you this one afterwards okay. uh it was just a very intense experience yeah um yeah so i'm sure a lot yeah, of things, very nice. oh, 
it's weird how our uh, Zoom was starting to yeah, yeah. flutter a bit then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we move on to uh, <laughs> other topics. Um, yeah, yeah, we can do. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, contacting your higher self. And I don't know if, if maybe we've touched on this already in a way, but um, your guides, your teams, you were calling them. Okay. Or is that, is that separate to your higher self, kind of? Your higher self. So you'll have your team of guides that will... Um, it, it, it's kind of, it's all the same, but it's, it's separate. So the higher self is like your highest aspect that will feed you information, feed you guidance, feed you the knowledge and the truth of where you're meant to be going to. Um, I found my first experience with the higher self was um, in regression. It was in hypnosis. And um, that's when I, I received a lot of information about what I was to do, where I was going. So that was a really kind of like, after doing like a year of meditation, not really understanding fully about what to do or what, like how it all works. I then went for the regression and then all the information came streaming through. So it's all kind of, it was a lot of validation. So now if I, after having that kind of experience and understanding now, if I want to connect to my higher self, um, I would have to bring myself into a, like a place of stillness and center through the heart. And then I can begin to ask questions. And when I'm asking specific questions, I will feel um, a heaviness coming into my head and almost like a tube going through my, through my body. Um, usually because I'm, I'm more sentient than most people. Um, but that information will start to drip through and feed to me um, what I need to hear and what I need to understand. So it's a, uh, a case of kind of asking the questions um, allowing the answers to come in and they'll come in through the vertical. Yeah. Now with the guides, sometimes they come from, from the body upwards, I find, but a lot of the time they're stood around me as well. So the guides will, like, like I mentioned earlier about the, um, which way did the voices come from, the, the thoughts come from, you're asking your questions and you're tuning into the space around you and feeling which way do the thoughts enter the mind mm. and, and sort of questioning of like that kind of way. Now, when we bring ourselves into more of a deeper state of meditation, we can then tune into the guides um, a lot more intimately where we might find ourselves sat next to them um, having a conversation or being able to sit there in pure relaxation and just hearing the voice come through. If that makes sense. So yeah, it's just I sort think, of um, relaxation. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to touch a bit more onto um, what meditation is. Um, but I do find that I do have a, 
an inner voice that has given me guidance through my life that I have listened to and it has helped to guide me in in various ways I think it's been a, mm-hmm. a, a positive influence so yeah, yeah that wasn't through meditation I don't think mm-hmm. although I am I do meditate but it was at times when I was probably quite you know quite busy right <laughs> yeah yeah thoughts coming through. so that's the thing as well it's being able to discern what is the right voice to listen to as well because sometimes we can have many um that will come through and you know in your heart and you do follow that guidance as you know you recognize it you've been doing it all your life yeah um it's just a case of doing it consciously now yeah yeah and then that same voice in 2019 just to just to talk a little bit about my own experience with Mm -hmm. higher self was that i had two messages that came through in 29 in 2019 to me one was that there would be three false flag attacks kind of three big events would happen in in the next mm. year and at christmas this is christmas 20 christmas 2019 i was mm. I had this kind of message this next christmas is going to be very different um mm. and of course covid hit so yeah yeah <laughs> um, and then we had the uh the riots in america the george floyd and all the riots and mm. then we had the uh the, the election which itself um <laughs> was yeah, a, yeah. was a, 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 an attack for those who maybe were following um some of the alternative news on that regardless of <laughs> trump biden yeah, but, yeah yeah so those <laughs> i feel like that inner voice gave me a sort of a, a a hint of what the future may hold and it kind of kind of came true but um anyway mm-hmm. yeah so um, meditation so when i i actually use binaural beats i've been using them for a long mm-hmm. while i find uh, but i do fall asleep to it quite a lot i use it more of a, maybe more of a sleep aid now although when i was doing it properly back in the day um i did find myself reaching states where i was going quite deep and it really did help me to bring myself out of certain sort of negative sides that i think i, I was i was having you know we've <laughs> we've all had a those aspects mm-hmm. in our lives and um for me meditation isn't just about that do, do you do you think meditation can be done when going for a run going for a walk or oh it, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah definitely i find that when i run um because our conscious mind is preoccupied it holds space for the connection and the divine to come and answer everything that you need to ask <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's it's a real gift to to do that sort of conscious meditation that walking meditation or the running um so yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be sat down or lying down um it can be done like in multiple different ways um and it's just a case of like finding what you're most comfortable with i suppose Um, for myself i love i I sometimes describe it as trying to um to shut down the monkey mind (laughs) yeah exactly yeah exactly like that so with the binaural beats it's a case of it's distracting that monkey mind by listening to a a nice sound Mm -hmm. and then we have that free flow of thought coming through whilst that mind is distracted well, you can sit in stillness and just let that to come um, and allow that flow to be experienced. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. 
it's such a blessing actually <laughs> to have those little tools and techniques yeah i think it's uh something that i think i think more and more people are getting involved with meditation spiritual practice um and it's mm -hmm. it's part of the evolution of this planet and um the reason why I, I called the podcast up the vibe because i feel that's where where things are going and where things will need to go if we want to ascend and eventually mm. meet our uh, in person our, our <laughs> star beings if we want to call them or absolutely we don't like, yeah. i don't like saying the word aliens but you know what i mean i know what you mean yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely oh um so uh on that note and um, I think you mentioned that you might want to do a quick meditation. I don't know if you're yeah, uh, sure. still able to, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's That's end on cool. that and then um, we'll leave it. Thank you. Perfect. No worries. Okay. We can begin by taking a deep breath in, breathing in pink, unconditional love. Filling the heart, filling the mind. Connecting to the rose. As we see that rose open in full bloom, planting into the ground. Into the mental fields. Seeding new life, seeding love into the thoughts to neutralize the negative space. Releasing at your own pace. And regulating the breathing. Streaming forward through the rose from the source angelic, the platinum gold light, like a pillar, shining through the rose, through your body, expanding the vertical axis, connecting into the earth, releasing all grey intonation from the body, from the being, front and back. Bringing your attention into the heart. As we allow the heaviness from the crown move into the body. can build forth with the aqualite streaming like a river through the back of the heart chakra and out of the front through the horizontal axis, meeting at the middle through the lotus intercepts merging with the colors
Some of you may be feeling heaviness around the heart in this moment. You can go ahead with your intention to open the heart to the width of the world. As we release any heaviness out of the heart. We connect that pillar of light through the earth into the diamond core. We begin to draw up a beautiful green emerald liquid light through the roots. Drawing up the body, meeting at that lotus intercept, growing the emerald light into the fields, providing sustenance, healing for the body. And growing that rose into the tree of life. Strengthening the core as the branches begin to grow. Connecting up into the light of the sun. the platinum clearing out the channels. Drawing it into the branches. The nest sat within the tree. The big indigo bird sat in the nest. Basking in the sun. drawing in 
the source code through the branches. into the nest, a symbol of an upside down triangle. Bringing nurturing to the divine feminine. drawing that light into the ground, into the mother. Into the earth. As she builds through into the crystal pools of Agatha within the earth core. Drawing up that crystal liquid, nourishing the earth. Nourishing the tree of life. And into the earth grids. So we open through the thresholds. Raising the octaves. releasing syncopation of the harmonics. The body begins to re-arc as the tree of life stands through the holographic expression. Rearching to the Solaris. And bridging the connection 
to the tree, to the human. Building forth the pillars of light. Rebuilding the aura, the causal, the exoskeleton, rejuvenation of any cracks. as the source angelic stand within extension of the wings to the full scale stretch Nakia hotonos nos no otopo yam na hai, sakiras nishnit piaras nas no otopo no kota ayeni, shitiaras nas no otopo yanam na mahainahi, nahiris nis nikia hodo iris. Sahora yanya am na mahiatia po kota ayeni, shitia honoi, neris nis nikiam na mahi, mahati prasnas no otopo hoku, toshna ati prasnas to bayana am na mahatia. Sakiras nis nitipiras nis natu yenekia auto oiras nis nuyanam namayana neya hui. Hanas naha katayanesh nitipiras nis notopo oto oyana yaan. Nakio hotopoi saati taat nashnayanam nai. Breathe. Wow. Thank you. That was wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um gosh. So uh thank you so much for that and uh for your time and uh hopefully we'll have you on again at some point. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. <laughs>